1: Has always been and will always be about buckets.
0: Just attack the basket.
1: Buckets brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, and this is your How to Bet the NBA In Season Tournament. Heads up: the NBA has implemented for 2023-24 a new in-season tournament. You're playing for the Cup. There's an awesome ad out about it. Go check out YouTube and just search for the Heist NBA. It's absolutely phenomenal. It's got Kawhi Leonard in it. Kawhi like actually showed up for a thing and and was funny and cool. Um, And so there's group play, which we can bet on. There's tournament play, which we can bet on. And there's tournament MVP, which we can bet on. This thing was made for NBA gamblers. We've got tournament games and group play all throughout the month of November, starting on Friday, November 4th. We're recording this on October 31st, Halloween night. And we're going to give you the breakdown of how this tournament works. But more importantly, because this is buckets and this is what we do here, we're going to tell you how to bet this thing. and. To help me do that, bringing on newcomer, first time on the pod, Andrew O'Connor Watts. Andrew, thanks for doing this with me, man. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
2: Um, Yeah, this is a really exciting uh, new feature that the NBA has implemented. And uh, yeah, eager to get, get down to it.
1: Talk about how to bet it. Everything we talk about today can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks. You get up the second information where the bets and money are coming in on. You can track things in there like group winners. So you can track all the bets we're going to talk about today in the Action Network app. Also, make sure to check out YouTube.com slash The Action Network. Not only uh, are we going to have this episode up there. For your consumption. I did a whole video trying to explain the in-season tournament. We'll talk a little bit more about that in today's episode. But if you want, like, the TLDR on it, you can go to youtube.com slash theactionnetwork, and we'll make sure that that's reposted on Friday, heading into the first night of tournament games. So, Andrew, I think the the first thing that we kind of got to do is I got to go through and kind of explain what this thing is, because we got to explain how this thing works. And when I was looking at the tournament and started to prep for this episode, I was like, what what do people need to know? Like, what do you actually need to know? Uh, The biggest thing is that they have separated out all 30 teams into groups, new groups of five. So instead of your divisions, you play in a group that's based off of buckets off of last year's regular season win percentage. So their goal was they wanted like essentially a bad team, a not so, so great team, two okay teams, and then one good team. So for example, in group A, the Memphis Grizzlies, which finished as the two seed in the Western Conference last season, are in the, are in Group A as that team at the top. Phoenix Suns and Los Angeles Lakers, who both finished between 47 and 44 wins, uh, wind up in that one as well. Utah Jazz, that finished with 39. And then you got the Portland Trailblazers, who, of course, tanked their faces off. And so what you have here now is you have this group. And what's interesting is that because it was based on last year, you have a lot of changes. And so obviously the Phoenix Suns have made huge upgrades and the Lakers think that they've made huge upgrades, have looked great early. The Jazz are not necessarily the same team that they were last year. So these teams are a little bit different and that's what makes, I think, this really interesting. They'll play four games throughout the month of November and it's not, so with it being four games, you play two on the, at home and two on the road. And based off of which ones you have on the at home or on the road, that's going to impact, I think, a lot of our handicap for looking at how to bet this thing. Those winners will then advance to the quarterfinals. Those are held in the home markets. So the team with the best record in group play, if you go 4-0, okay, or based off of tiebreakers, if multiple teams go 4-0, they'll host a wildcard team from each conference. So that's the team basically that finishes with the next best record that doesn't win its group. Um, They'll match them up. It's an eight-team tournament. They'll play on Monday, Monday, December 4th, and Tuesday, December 5th. The winners of that will advance to the semifinals in Las Vegas, Nevada on December 7th, and then the championship game on December 9th. should be an absolutely incredible night in Las Vegas on the 9th. Uh, there's new courts, which everyone is very happy to uh, have extreme opinions on. The NBA is trying to separate this and make it to its own event. It'll be, We'll get to kind of the dynamics of how we think this is going to work, but that's how this breaks down. Real quick overview of this, if you're wondering, okay, how do you win the group? Okay, you play four games. If you go three and one, and another team goes three and one, you have a tiebreaker. Tiebreakers are head-to-head record in the group stage. So, if the Grizzlies and Lakers wind up three and one with the best records in group, and the Lakers beat the Grizzlies, the Lakers win the group. That's how this works out, and it'll be the same thing for deciding the wildcard card teams, etc. It's head-to-head record, then point differential in group, then total points scored in group which that's interesting because it's going to make me lean towards some of the offensive teams. Regular season records from the 2022-23 regular season. And then if you get through all of those and it's even, uh, you'll end up with a random draw. We will never really get there. Uh, for what you can bet in this tournament, you can bet group winners, you can bet tournament winners, and you can bet tournament MVP. Um, you also have a number of specials for each group at various books. So you'll have to check that out as well. Um, you can gash things like Nikola Jokic to average a triple-double in group play or the Nuggets to go 4-0. and Those are out there as well. And we're going to see some, I think, weird derivatives in this market as we get closer to the start of the tournament.
0: I hope you take a note!
1: My first question for you, Andrew, to get you uh, kicked in here now that I've gone through the basics of the tournament. How does this compare to kind of other sport leagues? And what do you see as like, how does that frame your approach to betting this tournament
2: yeah so i mean the first thing that i thought of when this whole idea came around was the fa cup in english soccer Mm -hmm. um it's a similar in-season tournament uh across multiple leagues uh the the top of which being the premier league and all of these teams compete uh throughout the season um there's a you know, it's not the same style of group play, but there's it's a similar in that the games, you know, don't totally matter as much uh, until you kind of get further down the line. So um, for what often ends up happening, right, is that the the initial games are played by some of the reserves and some of the, you know, some of the veterans will sit out uh, some of these matches. But as it gets further and some of these, stronger teams keep making it further and further uh, you know, it, it kind of narrows the pool. You, you get teams playing a rival maybe and, and they start to care a little bit more. Um, so what I kind of took from that is you want to look at, or what I was looking at is uh, long shots more so in the group stage. And if you want to take, I would say, if you want to take favorites to kind of, I, I think it, there's more value in taking them to win the whole thing rather than to win their group. Just because, first of all, we don't really know if these teams are going to care, especially the championship contender type teams. Um, We, you know, certain... I know the Warriors mentioned that they were actually going to go for it and try to win for Chris Paul, I think they said. And um, so we'll see. They were actually one of the teams, though, that I was looking at as maybe someone to stay away from, um, just being older and more likely to rest guys. Uh but I was looking more at these kind of longer shots for the group play, which has kind of played into a few of the picks that I made for these for that group stage.
1: Yeah, and Brandon Anderson, uh who is tied up with the million words that he writes on football every week, he's approaching <laughs> this the same way where he's very much looking for the long shots across the board in each of these group play segments because it's effectively if you have if you have any of these games where an upset occurs if the Blazers beat the Suns just because it's a random game in November. That can absolutely flip things in a very dramatic way and puts the Blazers in a much higher chance of being able to sneak this out and will shorten their odds dramatically. These odds are are staggered pretty severely if we kind of look at them um, towards the favorites because in essence, the books wanted to offer these things up there, but they also were in a spot where you're kind of tied to the power rating. So you have to have things in here related to, oh, well, the Celtics are way better than everybody else. So they need to be clearly as this like significant favorite as we look through this, uh the odds for the tournament, which I think is like a really fascinating kind of way that this kind of shakes out. Like the Celtics are favored to win the, the tournament. They are plus 700. The Nuggets are plus 900. The Bucks are plus 900. The Suns are 11 to 1. If you're asking, doesn't that sound like the championship odds? Yeah, it's pretty close. Like it's not all that dissimilar from the championship odds, which guess what? Celtics plus 400, then Bucks at plus 450, but they can't beat them in their own, you know, conference. Uh Nuggets plus 500, Suns plus 550, Clippers plus 1200. So, you kind of you kind of see the similarity between those two. Now they've adjusted them a little bit. You can hear kind of some of those numbers. But what I think is interesting is you mentioned this, and it's a, a big question I think everybody has. Are they going to try? Are they going to care? Which, as an aside, pretty annoyed that I even have to ask this fucking question. That I have to be like, are you going to try and do your jobs? That you get paid millions of dollars to play? Could you do that for us? What What is happening? Why, why can't I just trust these guys to, to be like, no. Like, and, and I'll say this. Um, I think... The group stage will be normal NBA basketball. I think the tournament stage will probably be something in between regular season and playoffs. So kind of play-in tournament-esque. Maybe not as severe as the play-in tournament, because if you lose in the play-in tournament, your season's over, right? So something like below play-in tournament. A third tier above regular season play. Teams are not going to game plan and do in-depth film research and change their rotations like they would in the playoff series to win an an in-season group stage game. The Nuggets play the Mavericks on Friday. The Nuggets will play their normal rotation. If somebody's hurt, they won't play. If they have a bad ankle, they're not going to be like, I'll play through it because this is a tournament stage game. That won't happen. And even if it's not the Nuggets who have championship aspirations, if it's the Pacers... And Tyrese Halliburton or somebody else, if Obi Toppin has a bad ankle, he might go in a, play, a playoff game to be like, no, 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 we got I, I got to play in this game. He will not do that in a group tournament game. But once you get them, in Las Vegas for the semifinals in particular, the quarterfinal games will feel pretty similar to like a normal game. And they are. That should be noted, by the way. The quarterfinal games are regular season games. They count towards the regular season games. The semifinals and finals do not. When you get those at them in that environment where it's winner go home, I am counting on one extreme factor to carry us in terms of their effort in the later stages of the tournament, which is, I may not want to win, but I don't want that fucking guy to win, and I'm really counting on that being what carries us home. Like... If we look at these groups, the Houston Rockets are in Group B with the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Pelicans, the Mavericks, and the Rockets, okay? If the Rockets were to get the wild card and the Mavericks were to get in the turn- win the group stage and those two were to play in the semifinal game, like not entirely insane to think about. If those two played in a semifinal game and Dylan Brooks is running his mouth, Luka Doncic may not care whether he wins the in-season tournament but Dylan Brooks is not fucking winning this game and sending me home. And that's the kind of thing that I'm kind of banking on carrying us through is when you put the most competitive players in a competitive environment, I think they'll try. You kind of mentioned about the idea of, are they going to, in soccer, they would actually change rotations, I've heard. Like they will actually actively shuffle through who's playing, who's not in those games, depending on what their aspirations on the season are. Am I correct on that?
2: Yeah. You know, I don't know that, we'll see it's it's different because they'll have maybe like entire different units almost in soccer. So, so it's, it's a little bit different in that sense, but just in the sense that like you, like you just mentioned, we're going to probably see uh, a little bit more uh, attention to rotation and, and winning these, these higher leverage games as, the, as it progresses past the group stage. Um, yeah. So
1: here, here's what I'll yeah. say about, um, because there there is kind of this idea almost immediately, which is like, oh, so like the Bucks will just like rest Giannis in one of these games. I have a very strong feeling that the NBA has sent uh strongly worded memos to these organizations being like, we are negotiating a new media deal, which in fact, billions of dollars for us. Do not fuck with us. And Uh, To that notion, you know, look, I've complained a lot about the resting early in the season. If you look at how the first two weeks of the season are built, like the Nuggets have a five and seven and seven and nine right off the bat. A lot of teams face a lot of these. And if I once I started to look at it, I was like, oh, it's because they don't have any of them on tournament nights they've removed the back-to-backs from tournament nights. And so what they did was they tried to clean out all these back-to-backs from November, which means all of these teams have them early on. And that's why teams are resting because they're like, look, we can't rest them in November. They're going to have to play in these tournament games because otherwise the league's going to kill us. And so um, I do think that there will be a greater attention to detail. There may be a, a front office or two, a training staff or two, that just says, like, look, man, we're trying to win a title. The guy's in the red. He needs a break. He can't go. We got to rest him. And that will cause a hubbub. Like, it'll be bad. And the league will will have to kind of manage it to do it. But we've already seen that the training staffs are very much like, yeah, so I don't really care about your TV deal. I don't want to get fired because our guy got an ACL tear. Um, And that's kind of how that power dynamic shakes out. But I am pretty confident that we'll see very few pure rest nights throughout the group stage does that track with you
2: yeah it does um but i still think but i i do think that some of the teams with less championship aspirations might take it a little more seriously um Mm -hmm. i think you might see these like kind of that's kind of how i approached this was i actually started kind of eliminating teams um of on who to bet on like i i wanted to look at first of all, talent, like you got to be good to win, right? I mean, the the Blazers could care the most and they're just not going to, I don't think they're going to win enough games. They might be worth a stab on that, on the long shot price. But, um, you know, I, I was looking to kind of this middle tier where I don't want these, I don't want the like old, uh, you know, veteran championship contenders. I don't want the Lakers. I don't want like the Clippers. I don't want uh that kind of tier but i also don't want these you know the wizards or the the blazers as i mentioned or someone like that so Mm -hmm. you know i was kind of targeting these middle tier teams that are good enough to make a splash good enough to make some noise but not but also not too concerned about you know may and and june right
1: yeah i think that that's the right way to go about it um I'll tell you my processes, we'll move into kind of, we'll give our best bets for the group stage, and then we'll talk about the overall tournament. Um, my process was a lot more convoluted, which is, I had power ratings this summer, and then I asked some friends who were better with uh, scripting than I am, and I actually ran a simulation on it. So we did 10,000 simulations based off of my power ratings and the schedule provided to come up with the outcomes of what these games were. Now my power rating was based on an assumption that Steven Adams was not going to get ruled out the for the week before the season started. So that one's a little bit dead because I definitely had the Grizzlies as definitively the best in their group, but I still like a lot of the picks that I went ahead and put in the app. I still think that they're in good position to win these kind of games. And that's, what's kind of interesting is they're teams that I have power rated pretty highly, but they're also teams with favorable schedule outcomes because That's the big key here is I have projections on all of those games off of power rating adjusted for home court. And that's the big key here is that not, you know, if you face certain teams at home. You know, the Celtics versus the Nets, right? Like I've got the Celtics with a 76% chance of winning that game based off of their uh, their middle of the off-season power rating, like a 76% chance of winning that game. Well, if they're in Brooklyn, that's going to drop down to like 60% because it's a huge swing in, in power rating based off of that. Um, this is a very nerdy way of going about this. What I wanted to do is I just wanted to kind of try it as a, um, as a test drive. It's basically, I I this is an exercise for me in could my off-season power ratings and the schedule analysis get us to a spot? I wish I'd done it this week after the Steven Adams news, but um, I'm not going to have time to do that. Thanks, James Harden. Appreciate that, Daryl Morey, for doing that job, that deal at 1 o'clock in the morning. I still kind of like a lot of these picks. Let's go through this one by one. So Group A in the West is Grizzlies, Suns, Lakers, Jazz, and Blazers. Um, Is there a lean that you've got for that group, as I'll give the market consensus odds right now, uh, for that group, which is Lakers plus one fifty suns plus two ten Grizzlies plus three hundred jazz at eight fifty, and the Portland Trailblazers at seventeen to one what do you like in that group
2: um yeah i mean this is this is actually one of the groups that I had the toughest time with uh big part of that being the the stephen Adams news and you know i'm mm-hmm. trying not to react too much to early season um games, but you know, I'm only human. I can't, I can't help it. I I gotta, I gotta react a little bit. Um, One of those reactions or potential overreactions is the Suns and how good they've looked even without Booker and without uh, Beal yet. Um, I think their defense has looked good. I've been surprised at, at how good it's looked. That was one of the question marks going in was their defense and their depth. And it seems like in the first three games at least, or I think it's three, that that has not been as much of a problem as I initially thought it thought it would be. Um, The Grizzlies, again, I would say are probably my favorite still, but I, (laughs) I mean, like the rest of the action cohort, I have a lot of uh, Grizzlies liability already and I not really looking to add to that uh, potential pain. So, uh, but yeah, I I guess I would, I guess I would still have to say the Grizzlies. I think they could make a move and um, yeah, just at the number. I mean, I think the, I think the Suns and the Lakers, I don't want anything to do with the Lakers. As I mentioned, I had initially put the Suns in that don't want anything to do with them category. I've upgraded them based on a small, small sample size into a, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, But, I don't know if that number. What was the what was the number you said
1: that that for the group stage again? Group stage, Grizzlies is three to one, or for uh, Suns. Sorry, Suns is I've got plus two ten, plus two ten. Okay,
2: yeah. I guess I would lean Suns. I would, you know, if it was a little bit longer, I'd probably go with it. But I, I, I don't want to overreact to the just a couple games, so. I, I think I think Suns would be probably my lean in that that group but yeah. I mean in
1: general I think you're with me that this is probably the one you want to stay away from, right? Yeah. That absolutely. Here but I will say look, shop around. Here here's an interesting example of why you need to shop around. There is a in the market a Lakers +150, Suns +210 and at the another book Suns +140, Lakers +215. Yeah. So If you think that, and I, I will be honest with you, I think I'm probably going to arb this with those two. Is that I'm going to bet the Lakers and Suns at those long odds, uh, the longest odds between that's in the market. Shop around as always, um, and get us and and get the best value on that because I'm at the point with the Grizzlies. You know, Luke Kennard comes back tomorrow. I'm going to see what that looks like for them. This is recording this on Tuesday, but. Derrick Rose minutes have been a disaster, Laravia Ravia minutes have been a disaster, and they're playing David Rowdy at Power Forward. They don't have a big. They're gonna get after they play the fifth game, they get to add Bismack Biombo. And if you're like, really, Matt, Bismack Biombo is gonna save <laughs> the day. I just want someone who's over 6'4 to play in the backup front court. That's all I'm asking for. Um Biombo would legitimately help the Grizzlies considerably. So I do kind of think that there's some value in that. I just don't know if I want to get in on that immediately. One thing interesting with the schedule on this one, if we kind of break it down as far as who's got who at home. So the Lakers go to the Suns, okay, right? They're going to be dogs in that game. They have the Grizzlies at home. They'll be favored. That's the second or third best team in this group. They're on the road for the worst team with the Blazers, and they're at home versus the Jazz, who are peskier. So if you're asking me for one best bet, I would probably go with the Los Angeles Lakers now, shop around, find that number. 215 or longer and that to me seems like the best value because Suns have a little bit of a different one where phoenix hosts the lakers great for them um that's like a tough game but they are at utah that's that middle tier and that's a tougher spot for them just a little bit especially with beal and um booker still out as we're recording this on tuesday night and then they're at home for the Blazers, but your odds aren't going to like, it's not going to be a significant difference on the Blazers. You should win that game anyway. And then they're at Memphis. And yes, they should win that game because Memphis is bad. But I will note, they play Memphis much later in the tournament. They play them on on November 24th, towards the end of the month. So if Memphis gets its shit together, that's a tougher game in Memphis. So right now, I would definitely lean towards the Lakers.
2: Can I throw out one little uh, potential? You mentioned an ARB situation for those two teams. You said Suns and Lakers, right? For the the ARB. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what if, since they, like you mentioned, the Suns are at home for the first Lakers game, would it make sense to go Suns plus 210, kind of thinking that they're supposed to win that game and then taking the Lakers after game one of that, of those in-season bets or of those in-season games? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like that. That's good. That's also smart. That's one of the things that I think is going to be fascinating as we learn how to do this, because this is the first time we're doing it. We're going to have opportunities to bet this in, in tournament on these things, which I'm really fascinated by. Uh, programming note, there's no games on Tuesday night next week in the NBA for Election Day. Uh, Jim Turvey, Joe Dallaire, and I are recording a special in-season tournament reaction to the first bracket of games on Friday night, and we'll, we'll go through all these scenarios of how to bet if X, then Y. And we'll get into all those scenarios um, on the Tuesday episode. Buckets is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's go to West Group B. And as we look at that one, it's the Denver Nuggets, defending champion Denver Nuggets, who are on a tear right now, plus 170. The Clippers with new new addition James Harden, plus 220. The Dallas Mavericks, plus 360. The New Orleans Pelicans, plus 440. And the Houston Rockets, 19 to 1. Uh, What's your best bet for this group?
2: So my best bet is the Pelicans. Uh, I found a plus, I think a plus 475 um, nice. to win West Group B. Um, you know, I, that they were kind of the epitome of that middle tier team of like not quite, they're not in that championship range, but they're good enough to make some noise and do some damage. Um, of course, a lot of these I kind of was looking at more closely before the season started um part of my cap on this was you know the Nuggets are gonna not have to they're not gonna care right they're not gonna care as much Jokic barely cares about NBA at all it seems like let alone (laughs) a a made-up tournament that uh you know is, is the first year of which you know i i'm excited about but i i can't imagine he will be he probably just wants to hang out with his horses and and look i don't blame him to be honest I, I don't care you know but three four games in whatever we are uh by the time you watch this uh the nuggets they they might not care and they're still destroying everybody so it's it almost i don't know i don't know part of me is thinking uh look it's i i would hate to come on uh buckets my first appearance and give out a uh the defending champs as a best bet, but maybe like, (laughs) am I just, am I overthinking this? Should we just take the nuggets to win the in season tournament? I think there was an 11 to one Mm -hmm. out there. Okay. All right.
1: No. So one, this is like, we're recording this on Tuesday after they got by the jazz on a back to back. Um, Recency bias is going to be really powerful because we only have the sample, but if the nuggets won five games in a row, uh, four games in a row to start to, in the middle of January, we wouldn't blink an eye. We'd be like, yeah, the Nuggets are good. Of course, they won four in a row, but they've won four in a row to start the season. So it's like, will the Nuggets ever lose again? And like, <laughs> look, I'm in the building. These, t- these guys are, are ready to go. But I will say this, look at their schedule. Because uh, again, we get back to the schedule analysis. They're at home for the Clippers. They'll want to win that game. Like, I will like the, the Nuggets in that game but they're at Pelicans. They've had trouble throughout the years with Zion, particularly in New Orleans. That's a tough spot. They're at Houston. That's probably a win. Okay. So that's two and one going to the final game, which starts with Friday's game versus the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, This is my best bet for this group, which is I like the Dallas Mavericks in this spot. I like the Pelicans as well. I may bet Pelicans too, because their upside is really tempting. Uh, However, there is a, a pretty decent chance that if the Ma- if the Nuggets lose to the Wolves on Wednesday, I will probably bet Pelicans because I think the Nuggets are going to be like, we're not losing two in a row. We're especially not losing at home. But if they beat the Wolves and they start out 5-0 and and they didn't play well last night, they will be one of those like, we're not playing great, but we're winning. That's when you want to fade Denver. And so that's a spot where I think Luca who's been as ridiculous as his MVP status as far as the odds go uh, kind of indicates. He's been amazing. They might have Kyrie back for that game. Um, If they were to pull off the upset in Denver, all of a sudden the Mavericks odds change. So I will probably, like I already have a bet on on Dallas. I will probably add a Pelicans position. Um, And then if the nuggets lose on wednesday night and again you'll hear this after that that game but if the nuggets were to lose to the wolves i will probably come back and bet the nuggets because then they'll be 3 and 1 because i think that they beat the mavericks beat the rockets and beat the clippers and that's a 3 and 1 spot for them and that might be good enough to win the group um so that's kind of how i i, I look at this game planning scenario i don't want the clippers i don't don't they've been really good but i think they're inconsistent and i don't like the matchups um pelicans i think are a good long shot because they're in that range that we've talked about i could absolutely see the pelicans pulling this off like i could 100 because they, they get the nuggets at home and that's huge uh they play the mavs at home and the nuggets at home they're at, on the road for the clippers that's a winnable game and then at the rockets so that's a winnable game as well and you know they start with the Rockets, so they could go ahead and get that one out the way and get on a good start now we got to get zion and the pelicans through a month healthy which isn't fun. Um, But (laughs) I do think that if you're going to bet this Mavericks or Pelicans, I do think are the best value on the board. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, definitely my least favorite part of the cap is, is the Zion health factor. Um, I will say though, uh, if we just look at last season against the Nuggets specifically, and uh, you know, you mentioned it being in new Orleans. So that's obviously already a good thing for the Pelicans. They beat them without on on December fourth last year. They beat them without Ingram. They lost by one without Ingram and Zion in in January, uh, and they won in March with without Jokic though, uh, and then lost their their final the um, at the end of January. I did that in out of order, but they went two and two, and two of those games were no Ingram and one with no Zion. Uh, so. That's that was part of what I liked about it was just that head-to-head record against the Nuggets because yeah, Clip, Clips and and Mavs will definitely you know um, can definitely play spoiler, but as you mentioned, the value there is is with the Pelicans. So
1: the uh, final group in the Western Conference, we've got the Warriors market there's a 195 the kings plus 220 the wolves plus 340 the thunder plus 360 and the san antonio spurs and victor webin 23 to 1 you don't have a play on this one i just want to kind of get you have like a lean as if you look at that group and what you think
2: i i guess my lean would be to the wolves um i Mm -hmm. liked them coming into the season and again i mean probably just recency bias uh they've not looked good um and again, it's not, it's just a small sample size. I'm just keep saying that and keep saying that more to myself, I think, uh, to not, you know, <laughs> yeah. psych, psych myself out too much, but yeah, I, w- I was leaning to the wolves. I thought, uh, you know, I think having like a full, you know, of, uh, half season with Conley, um, cat coming back in the mix, you know, it's not the best pairing in the world with him and Gobert, but. Uh you know, at least getting some time to figure that out and, and uh get some continuity. I would say Wolves probably, but I mean the Thunder are just yeah. very fun. I, I think the Thunder are another great look there. Part of the reason I stayed away as well is that uh it that's another really good group. That's a really tough group. It's hard to kind of predict how that's gonna shake out and there's just a little bit a little bit more variance overall. So, you know, I would, that's part of why I stayed away.
1: I, uh, I I will say that I have a bet on the Wolves because I had them power rated really high. I'm probably going to add a Thunder this week because at the they are longer at the book's consensus than the Wolves, except for at one spot where they're tied with them at four to one. And so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take a four to one on the Thunder and I'll have a Thunder and a uh, Wolves bet. I mean, look, it's the Warriors have said they want to win this thing. And I get that. That makes sense. Um, and they've looked good. They've got the Wolves at home and the Spurs at home. So that's like an auto win, right? Uh, the Warriors are on the road and they've been better on the road. Kerb made mention of it last night. He was like, last year was a fluke. We're we're past that. They're at the Kings on the last game of the tournament. They start with the Thunder. So you're at Kings at Thunder. That's tough, you know? Like if if you're going to two, two teams in this tournament – or in this group that I don't want to go to, those are the two I don't want to go to. I don't want to go to Sacramento and face the beam, even though the, the and you know, if you're listening, you're like, well, the Warriors just beat them there. Yes, <laughs> it's tough to beat a team twice at home. <laughs> so it's like, show me, you can do it again. Um, right. I, I'm definitely not like, oh no, the Warriors are not good. But again, if we, the, the point that we're trying to kind of reiterate here over and over and over again, is that these middle tier longer shots, I think have a lot more value because of the ability for them to get a one-off versus, you know, Brandon, I think is very much leaned towards the longer guys in in each one. Like he wants some of these random teams and uh, that's surprising to me. I think that he would probably say, well, not random, you know, not maybe not the Blazers, but he definitely wants any sort of these teams that are longer. And that's where I think it gets interesting as we go to the East, because that's where to me, the East is where we get real value on a lot of these um let's start with group c actually in the east the boston celtics are a minus 150 at one book uh the raptors plus 550 the bulls plus 550 the nets plus 650 and the orlando magic plus 850 um this is going to be i think a really interesting one to try and dissect as far as like when we're trying to break this down um do you have a, a lean or a play for this group C with the Celtics very firmly at the top? I do. So
2: I have a bet on the bulls to win this group. Um, for some of the reason I mentioned before, I think they have, so they have continuity from last season Um they the, they got two additions that I think are notable or at least somewhat notable in Javon Carter and Tory Craig kind of addressing some issues. They're they're kind of more fringe guys, but they're addressing uh some of the weaknesses that the Bulls had last season, which was sh- three-point shooting and uh for well, for Javon, not so much a weakness, but he's a great defender, great perimeter defender. Um, I just think both of those guys fit well, Tory, Craig, whatever, but he's can shoot some threes, which they needed. Um but mostly, it's that continuity. I think it's the I feel like they're going to actually want to win this like i'm that's another thing i'm I'm trying to predict motivation in this a little bit uh I think because we don't have that historical context, you and Brandon are really good at finding these historical contexts for um for awards markets and that kind of thing. We don't have that, but we cool don't have thing, they don't exist we, just, we don't The cool thing though is that neither do the books so It's a little bit of a bet your opinion kind of market. As long as you're diligent in the research you do, right? So part of that was, yeah. When I'm looking at this Bulls team, I'm looking at they have a very, I think they have a high floor, and I want a team with a higher floor than a team that has a, you know, for this group stage at least, then has a high ceiling but a lower floor, right? So to me, that's it's kind of I I was debating between the Bulls and the Magic. at because the, they're at pretty much the same price there's a there here's another thing there's an 11 to 1 out there at so 11 to 1 for a Bulls team that like it could it could be easily be a playoff team this year i think that's i just think that's wrong that's that's really what honed me in on this uh this group was i think that the numbers are wrong we have right. we have an 11 to 1 for actually both the magic i believe both the magic and the bulls they, they are longer odds than the Nets and the Raptors. I, I think both of those teams just give me like even odds for everybody. I would put the bulls and the magic ahead of the Raptors and the nets. So if you're going to give me longer odds, I would rather just take those longer odds. Obviously the Celtics are the best team far and away in that group. No question. But you know, for the magic, at least, um, if, if cause I could be talked into the magic as well, I think is kind of where I'm going with this. Uh, The Magic were 3-1 and against the Celtics last year. Different team, different team. Uh, But really, like I guess my my thing is I want to attack this group because of the, like I said, because of the numbers just being off, which is why I targeted the Bulls and why I'm... If you give me a good case for the Magic, I'll I'll go there. But I'm curious to hear what you think about this group.
1: I don't have a best bet for this one. This is the only one I don't have a best bet on. Yeah. Um, now based off of the numbers that I've got, I do have Chicago as having the best value. Uh, let's, let's define that. Cause everyone says that in, in the gambling podcasts and videos, <laughs> you know, the value, right. um, positive EV, right? Yeah. Positive EV, <laughs> and, but, it, but we can actually, we can't quantify it here. So I, because I did these simulations, if Chicago is the team that I thought that they would be and having a. A player's only meeting on the first night of the season was not the start I wanted to that particular projection. But I've got them at about a 24% chance of winning this group. Okay. The Celtics, I have at a 48% chance of winning this group. That's extremely high, right? For just like winning four games. For sure. Having the best record out of four games, they're going to they have a 48% chance. Based off of the simulations that I did at 800, which there's a number in the market, that's an 11% chance. So I've got a 13% edge here. On the Bulls. So I should be betting them. And I'm tempted to. I really like. Look my heart wants to bet the Magic. I love this Magic team. They're so much fun. Like they're just the most. They are the most fun of this group. It would be the coolest to see the Magic win this group. This young team goes to the tournament. Somehow makes it. Like it would be awesome. I'm hoping that that happens. Even if I don't make money on it. I will bet them in the tournament games. If they get there. Because I think that they'll be more motivated than some. Uh, But look the Bulls have the Nets at home. I don't know. Like. I have that as a 60-40 game in win percentage. That's not, that doesn't make me feel awesome. I do have them as a significant edge versus the Magic, um, which I actually think I probably am going to upgrade. Like, I've already upgraded Orlando in power rating. So that number, based off of where I had this this summer, is already more narrow. Because I think the Magic are better than they were. Uh, And essentially, inherently, I don't have a bet on this because I have the magic better. And if the magic are better, then the bull's chances are lower and the magic chances might be higher and there might be value there, but not enough to really get me there. The other thing is like, look, this is very important to remember Um, when we're talking, because you talked about the motivation factor and I want to kind of like hone in on that. One of the things that's being, I think, misconstrued when we talk about it is, well, they're not going to care about it. Okay, that might be true, but they're not going to actively not care about it. It's a regular season game. It's counts towards their home total. It counts towards their play- playoff seeding. If you're the Boston Celtics, then you want the number 1 seed because you would much rather be in the garden for game 7, albeit last year's conference finals game 7 did not go great. Um but you would rather be in a game 7 versus Milwaukee at home than in Milwaukee. Right? So there's reason to win these games anyway, and that to me is why I'm staying away. Boston also, just in general, has a very, like, we don't, we're not try-hard, that's not a Tibbs team, but they give good effort every night. I never watch the Celtics, not whenever, I very rarely watch the Celtics, and they're just like, God, these guys just do not give a shit tonight. Most of the time, the Celtics give a shit. And that's largely built off of Tatum. Tatum's young and takes his job seriously. And Jalen does too. Like they're a professional, they're a serious organization. And that's why I don't really want to bet into them is Chicago's foibles, I think are a good example of why I think that they're dangerous. I get where you're coming from on them. And like, I would love to see DeMar DeRozan when ta- you know, finals tournament MVP, that'd be a really cool story, but I can't get there on the bet. But I think it's interesting that you've got that one on there. You have thoughts on any of that?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I mentioned like, the The Pelicans bet being Zion being my least favorite part of the cap. So my least favorite part of this Bulls uh, pick is just how good the Celtics are, right? And yep. the motivation yep. thing, right? I mean they they they're kind of in that Nuggets camp where they could not
1: care and still win. So yeah. Let's talk about East Group B. Speaking of the Bucks, Bucks minus one twenty. We got a minus number in this. Like, come on, Ser- <laughs> seriously, ridiculous. like. Come on! Minus 120, the Heat plus 300, the New York Knicks plus 340, the Charlotte Hornets plus 1,200, and the Washington Wizards at 29-1. to Um, Of this group, I do have a best bet and is a best bet shared by pretty much all of Action. We're all going to be on this. Um, I'll be interested to see what Andrew says, but everybody else, we like the New York Knicks. That's the one that we're really honed in here. Knicks, there's a plus four twenty-five I see in the market. There's also a plus four hundred, um, and obviously a plus three forty at one book. You can get as high as plus four hundred for the Knicks. This just screams a Tibbs thing. Regular season, try harder, get it done. The Bucks are not infallible. Like this team, there's a lot of holes on Milwaukee. They let the the heat with a bad jimmy butler and no bam out of bio get back in that game shooting threes again um the knicks their their schedule they're at the wizards that feels like a win they're at home versus the heat that's a coin flip i've got it literally forty one fifty one forty eight. 51 48 i probably will downgrade the heat a little bit based off of their early start and power rating so that would be a little bit higher for the knicks um They face the Charlotte Hornets at home. So this is kind of the opposite of how we've looked at some of the West ones where I was like, look, they got coin flips on the road. This is the opposite where I like the Knicks chances. Like they've got one that's a lock on the road and one that's a lock at home. That's enough to get me where I'm like, look, all I need is for the Knicks to go three and one lose to the Bucs, but the Bucs go two and two because somebody has an ankle on a very old and, and injury prone team. And I've got the Knicks there at four to one. I love the Knicks at four to one in this group.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you. And and it's okay. kind of the
1: same, um,
2: similar to that kind of arb situation that I mentioned with the Suns. Uh, the Knicks play the Bucks first game, as you mentioned, and they so and that's in the Garden. So one thing you could do is if if let's say you because I'm not very I'm not that worried about the Wizards or the Hornets. Not that they couldn't do something, but I I'm just not uh, super concerned about that. I think this is one of the weaker groups, which is why I honed in on it again. Um, yeah. But I think uh, the the concern is the heat. I'm pretty, I'm a little lower on the heat uh, generally. Um, but so I, I'm really only looking at the bucks and the Knicks, but at you, you mentioned the minus number ridiculous. Ne- no, no, I'm not doing that. So I'm taking the Knicks and then, if they win in the garden in game 1, that number might get longer for the Bucks. I don't know how if, if it's starting at a minus number it might not get that much uh, you know, longer, but there could be another kind of arb situation
1: uh if the Knicks win that game 1, which is another reason I like it. Nice. Uh and then finally, we've got group A, which is Philly, Cleveland, Atlanta, Indy and Detroit. Uh, checking out the the market on that group, we've got Philly at plus one seventy five, featuring I guess Robert Covington and Nick Batum. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers two to one, no timeline on Darius Garland or Jared Allen yet, so don't know when they're going to be back. The Atlanta Hawks plus four fifty, the Pacers six to one, and the Pistons at ten to one. Um, in this group, uh, I do have a play on the Cavaliers that I bet in preseason. If you listen to our win total pods, you know that. Like Brandon and I were very high on the Cavaliers. Still high on the Cavaliers, but they're extremely injured. So I'm probably gonna be looking for a spot to go in a different direction here. I'm curious what you have for a best bet, and then I'll talk about where I want to go now that the Cavs are seemingly pretty injured and I've already got that position established.
2: Yeah, so this is another pretty tough group, I think. Um there's a lot of a lot of good good uh teams in this one. And uh but I mean I would probably have to look to the pacers here. Uh, I think you you mentioned six to one. Was that the number? Uh, six to one for the Pacers like that. I mean, their offense, it hasn't quite shown up in the numbers yet. Uh, the, the, their game against the Bulls last night was uh surprisingly low i think they scored 104 points
1: it was they missed a ton of threes in that game or that's a blowout they missed so many good looks in that game (laughs) it was just one of those nba nights as somebody who had the over in that game i can tell you exactly what it felt like watching them clank shot after shot after shot yeah Yep.
2: so you know i i actually did kind of stay away from this one i i it's one where i could be convinced um, but I mean, even the Pistons are, that's the worst team in this, the, in this group, but they're frisky at, at least. I mean, um, I don't know. I, I debated even throwing a, uh, going, going with a Brandon Anderson move and just, uh, putting a little money on the long shot Pistons, uh, to win this group, but it's just too, too stacked. I think, I think there's too many good teams in here. Um, you know, I'm very high on the Cavs as well. In fact preseason i was looking to bet them maybe to win the tournament um this in-season tournament because i thought they had a good blend and i still kind of do but the injury factor is just a little too much but i think they have a good blend of motivation right a disappointing playoff exit continuity um they added some guys on the margins right um, max streuss george niang uh they needed that shooting they got it um but the injury is just a little concerning the injuries uh if it was longer I'd definitely look at the Cavs um they play Indy game 1 and then Detroit uh at home so I mean those first two games I think will be telling um but you know as as of right now I I do not have a best bet on this but again curious to hear your thoughts I guess if you yeah I'm, I'm 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 open I'm I'm willing to be swayed in in one direction or another if you have a
1: this one should be fun Detroit's much better than I thought they were gonna be they look competent and they haven't even gotten Burks and Boyan back yet so uh yeah but no Uh, oh yeah yeah yes Boyan. um (laughs) they haven't gotten those guys back yet so there's a little bit of upside there the Cavs might also they they play the Pacers right off the bat on Friday and if the Pacers win, that number drops. So I'm going to bet Pacers six to one. And then if they, if the Pacers win that game, I will probably come back on Cavs. If you're like, why don't you want the Sixers? They've probably been the best team. You're probably right. Like, I don't, I don't think you're wrong that like the Sixers have been the best team. They're going to be favored in all these matchups. Like, that's why they are the favorite in this group. But they got the Pacers at home. They've got the Hawks on the road. Um, they've got the Cavs at home in the final one. So all of those to me kind of like they're going to start with a win over the Pistons on the 10th. They play the Pacers at home. That one I've got the Sixers should win, but I've upgraded the Pacers a little bit. Um, The Sixers face the Hawks. I've got the Hawks as a slight favorite in that game based off of power rating. And then they're facing the Cavs at home. And I've got that one much closer to a coin flip. So that's kind of the key here is that I have two games in this group where the sixers are much closer to a coin flip or a dog than they are significant favorites they don't have like three games where i'm like they're going to be at least be 3 and 1 or 3 they're going to have have three games locked in and it'll come down to whether they go 4 and now or 3 and 1 i could see the the sixers going 2 and 2 which is why i think there's probably value on the pacers 6 to 1 and then we'll go from there um i think tournament mvp cup mvp is much a much more interesting market I am kind of curious, though, before we go there to close it out. I'm not going to bet the winner. I don't have like a lot of interest in betting the tournament winner because uh, the very nature of the NBA season. Okay, we've talked about player effort and player rest and player blah, blah, blah. Like all of these factors. There's also shit like last night where the Pacers should have smoked the Bulls in that game by about 15 points and they shot 20 percent from three. That's just how it goes in the NBA now. If three-point variance has never been more important, I don't want to tie up. I'm willing to tie up my money for months and months and months doing all the futures that we do, but I don't want to tie up my money until December without knowing this. Like I can just wait, look at the bracket, and then we'll have better value once I get the bracket for the in-season tournament, and we'll have episodes breaking all that down. So I personally don't want to bet any team to win the tournament. Do you?
2: No, I'm I'm right there with you. I think i and I think the the tournament m v p can be kind of a proxy for those uh who's gonna win um yes. bets. so i would much rather look at that because at that market because that's gonna give you longer odds um so why not just take especially for the team so especially for the teams that could make that splash right so i you have um a couple plays on that uh on the m v p market. Um so Shay is one of them I don't want to step on your final or your uh, in-season MVP bet, but for instance Shay if the Thunder make it if they win this thing he's going to win he they he has to be yes outstanding so it's not going to
1: be Isaiah Joe no it's not
2: and even if like even if someone like that has a great game like if Shay as long as Shay's not horrible they're going to give it to him right so yeah uh and they're not going to win if he's horrible so I think that's a much better market to you to to go after, so yeah i'm 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 like you and and you you bring this up with the playoffs as well. there's for those favorites, you're not gonna lose that much value right before the playoffs start or in this case right before the you know the knockout round begins um, I think it's that's a little bit less the case in this market because they are lo- just longer odds right so the the favorite is 700 plus 700 instead of plus like 3 whatever i don't i can't remember what the exact number is for that but so it is going to be a little bit a uh, longer you might lose more value but uh you'll have more information and uh even relative to the playoffs because it's not going to take as long there's only going to be what is it four games once you get out of the group stage so you're not actually like an entire playoffs. There's actually kind of more things will even out a little more. I think, I think we'll have more relevant information. So we're, we're getting like a week's worth basically of time that we need teams to be good for rather than like a month and a half or whatever it is for the actual NBA playoffs.
1: The margins on this are nuts. Yeah. And it's great. And so I'm going to step out of um, kind of my own perceptions here I have the guys that I'm going to bet and I'll talk about another one. I'm going to add, I got three best bets for it and an ad. And we've talked about them before uh, on long shots and, and preseason bets, but stepping out of like what I think of the good players, et cetera. If you've listened to this and you're like, Matt's crazy. The Sixers are winning that group. They're absolutely winning that group. Okay. Then guess what? You should probably be looking at, at Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid bet both of those because you can get really good numbers on them the market is all over the board at one book Nikola yogic is 12 to 1 and kevin durant is 26 to 1 okay at another book kevin durant is 16 to 1 versus 26 to 1 and um they are and there are numbers on down from there in terms of like who's going to wind up winning this thing um including a 14 to 1 on Nikola Jokic versus a 12 to 1. There's all these numbers that you can get on the in-season tournament that provide you with value. You can get a wide range of those. So, if there is a team, I will say this too because this is a single elimination. Like bear in mind this. You may, if you your team wins your group, just just wins the group. You got to get you got to win three games. That's it. And really too for you to be in a chef's kiss hedging situation. If you get a player right now at 40 to one and they wind up in the final as the best player and they're playing in that final, you can just money line out of the other side and you're going to come out way ahead. So (laughs) there's really good value here. I think this is a great market for us to bet into because the books are offering it and there is so much volatility. Now, maybe we're wrong. Maybe this isn't volatile. Maybe the finals are going to (laughs) be bucks, nuggets, sixers, um, sons, right? Like it's entirely possible. And we'll react to that and we'll learn that for next year or not. We'll say maybe it was a one-off or whatever. Um, but there's a lot of value here. The three I will give out, and then I'll add another one. Shea Gildas-Alexander right now, to me, has the best value. Now, look, that's not surprising. I gave him out as the actual MVP, as the season-long MVP. There's a 25-to-1 on Shea. You're telling me that Shea can't be, if, if the Thunder sneak into the tournament, even as a wild card, you're telling me Shea Gildas-Alexander can't be the best player in the league for three days? At twenty five to one, it's crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: uh, Tyrese Halliburton is the other one we talked about. The Pacers, if the Pacers get in, it's going to be Halliburton, and there's a forty five to one on Tyrese Halliburton in the market right now. And then the the beast, Zion Williamson, who I I hear if he, if you're like, what about him being healthy? I, I get it, but look, you like I get you got to get six weeks of play. That's it. We got to survive six weeks, and then Zion can get injured again. Zion's forty five to one as well. The one I will add to this that I'm going to put in the app after we finish recording is going to be Luka Doncic, 25 to 1. Again, you're telling me that if I like, I think the Mavericks are going to win their group, I have a bet on them to win their group. So they're going to be in the, the single knockout stage. I have got 25 to 1 on Luca to be the best player and get his team three wins in four days, in five days? Yeah, I'll take that. I'll absolutely take that. So yeah. uh, the, I love this market. I'm very excited about it. I'm trying not to overbet it, Andrew, is, is what I'm telling you.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, I think one thing that I'll add um, is Maxi. Uh, I think so. I mentioned the ability to play this market as a proxy for the finals or, or the winner of the in-season tournament. Uh, and that's kind of what the play on Maxi is. Brandon gave out. I think you mentioned it as well. The Maxi MIP, right? Most improved yep. player. Uh yep. He's going to have to win. So that's a narrative award. All these awards are narrative, right? He's going to have to win these big, not have to, but it's going to go a long way towards his most improved case. If he wins these in-season tournament uh, games, if they play well, that's only going to be good for his, I don't think it's going to break him. I don't think if they, if the Sixers do poorly in this tournament, I don't think that's like going to ruin his chances, but I also think, I, th- I think the, the Sixers have looked great on offense. Um, I think with their additions of Robert Covington, they losing PJ is big. I mean, that is that is a, a tough loss for them. But uh, I think that I'd rather play Maxie as the tournament uh, MVP as a play on uh, a long shot for the Sixers to win this thing. I think he's going to have to be good if they're if they're going to have a chance to win this thing. And I think they might be able to.
1: My question, though, is if they win the group, what does Joel's number go to for MVP? Right. Right. Uh, and that, that might be the key here is if you're just like, if you look at that group and you're just like, it's the Sixers, they're going to thump this group, which I don't blame you for saying. The Sixers are really good. And that uh, that that group in particular is, how can I put this? They're fun, so they they get people like me that are all like, ooh, the Cavs, and hey, the Hawks and Quinn Snyder, and the Indiana Pacers, and how about that Jalen Duran?" And it's like, none of these teams, especially without uh, Garland and Allen currently, none of those teams are in Philly's weight class. They're just not in Philly's weight class, right? Yeah. If you're just like, I want to keep this simple, Philly's the best team in that group, I'll take Philly. Um, The way to do this is to bet Maxie to win tournament MVP, and then if they win their group, then you bet Joel meet and beat immediately before the first tournament game. Like, don't wait. Yeah. Because every single game that's going to get shortened and shortened and shortened. And honestly, like, there's a chance that Joel winds up, like, if the Nuggets don't make it and the Celtics don't make it and the Bucks don't make it, the Sixers could be the favorite to win that thing. And then Joel's number gets into sub 300, maybe 200, maybe closer to, to pick them. Right. And so that to me is where the danger comes in here is I have a hard time believing that, how okay, can I put this? voters not only have to vote for maxi over joel when they know that joel is the better player but joel has to be okay with maxi having better games than him and if maxi has a monster game joel's gonna make sure that he's still got 26 14 and four so um that would be my play on that would be my consideration for how you bet tyrese maxi in particular right
2: yeah i mean and and for that play as well that was also a big uh a numbers numbers play for me too i it's I, there's obviously a very clear path for Joel to get that MVP um he literally won the MVP of the regular season last year so <laughs> certainly a clear path for that um but it i i found an 80 to 1 out there um Woo! which is like <laughs> insane so uh yeah I, I i at 80 to 1 that's like for a guy who's the odds on favorite to win most improved player um i think there's a world where he he does Well, here's another thing I'll throw out. What if... Is there any chance... Do you think the Sixers have a chance if Embiid is not healthy? If Embiid is injured for any part of this, do they still have a chance? Like, if they get through... Let's say they get out of their group stage. I mean, I know that's like a
1: kind of niche scenario, but... I'm trying to think. I don't... The reason I don't like it... I I see what you're saying. Um, The problem is, is it's like... Hey, what if they get out of their their group somehow and then everybody else in their group is not very good and Joel's right. out. Right. And it's like or everybody else in the tournament field is not very good. What if it's a bunch of like you know, if it's not Portland, but if it's those mid-tier teams that we kind of want to bet in this tournament, right? right. Can like the Sixers take the Mavericks in a one game one game a night? You only got to win 3 games. I get it. It's just like, now you're starting to get into like, well, everything's random and they should (laughs) all be even. And that's where I think the, when we're trying to game, game this out, that's where I think that falls apart. So yeah, Um, I don't think it's a bad bet because it's possible that if like, let's say that it goes this way in the semifinals at home, Maxi scores 30 and six Joel goes for 28 and, and 17, right. In the second game, Maxi has a quieter game and he has like 14, and Joel carries them in a defensive struggle versus whoever, right? And then in the last game, in the championship game, then Maxie's the best player on the court in that game. That gets him home. There will be a recency bias. It's going to be hard for someone who is the better player throughout the entire tournament, but not the best in that game right. to win it. So if Max, if you, the Sixers get there, even if it's like Joel's a minus number at that point, all Maxie's got to do is go for 35 in the win. And as long as he been, hasn't been has been terrible in the other tournament games, he wins. So yeah. I think there's probably some value there. This is what makes it fun is the NBA has put a chaotic environment in front of us. The markets have given us a whole board and we have lots to bet. And we're gonna be talking about it week by week over the next four weeks of the tournament group games and into December where I will be in Vegas for the in-season tournament championship. Very excited to do that. Andrew O'Connor Watts is in the Action Network app and on Twitter. Make sure to check him out and follow him. My thanks to David Payne, our producer, as well as uh, our great group of guys, Hutton Jackson and the crew over on video, putting these up on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Action Network. We will be back. This is a bonus episode. We have best bets nightly throughout the week and we'll be back on Friday with a futures look Sunday. We'll have a futures look for Monday, best bets for Monday, and we will have a look at the in-season tournament night one from Friday and how to bet that on Tuesday. Uh, as an addition, I've got a great interview with a great writer, Rich Cohen, about his new book on the '88 season. I have so much stuff for you. I have so I have two columns on the Harden trade, and I'm writing a third. Check out the Action Network app. You want more? I know you want more NBA. Go get it. Come get it in the Action Network app. We'll see you guys again next time. And until then, let's get buckets.
0: Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about
2: has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.